been great to be with you today. Loved it. Uh, so tonight I just want to share on the voice of the Good Shepherd. Um, we often, I think, rightly say that we should see ourselves the way that, that God sees us. But tonight I just want to sweep that round a little bit and talk about making sure that we see God the way that he is rather than see him through the lenses of it were of our own eyes that might be distorted or might have a kind of uh, a hurt or a prejudice kind of view of, of who God is. So God's joy and privilege is to reveal himself. And he does that through the light of his word uh, and by his spirit. And uh, one of the pictures in the Bible that, that God consistently uses to describe himself is that, that he is the shepherd and, and, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, we're obviously not sheep, um, but the application of the truth of that picture is, is, is so helpful. Um, and sometimes I know in, in particularly maybe difficult or, or harder days, it's it's sometimes harder to uh, really realize that God loves us and we belong to him and he cares for us. But the application of this picture is, is really helpful because a sheep in the presence of the shepherd is not anxious as to who they are because the shepherd gives them their identity. They, they are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. And, and, and therefore, having a right and a good view of who God is gives us that sense of identity and security. So really the principal thing we, we really need is, is, is a right view of God. Because a right view of God will, will always reflect a right view of ourselves. Sometimes I think we spend a lot of our time, if you like, trying to turn off the darkness that might be inside us or inside our thinking, rather than letting the light of who God is really shine in, uh, to see him as he really is and, and, and what he has done. We don't make a big deal in this country, even though, particularly in Wales, about sheep, because we get so much rain, we basically push sheep out into fields, there's so much grass, go eat, and we'll get you back later in the day sort of thing. But the Middle Eastern culture in which the Bible comes from is so different to that. Um, the shepherd stays with the sheep. They are his sheep. The climate is so different that because there's so little rain, the shepherd has to lead the sheep to new pastures on a regular basis. He has to take them to places where they can drink water, where they can rest. So the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is a very active and personal relationship, which is to get this revelation or understanding of the Bible picture of God being the shepherd. We just need to get into the culture of how the shepherd operates. Each day he leads them to new pastures. Each day he leads them to places where they can drink. Each day he leads them where they can lie down and where they can rest in safety. 
as the as the psalmist David, who was himself a shepherd, both of sheep and of people when he became king, he was the shepherd of Israel. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing, no good thing. Because my shepherd knows where the pasture is. He is the one that's leading me. He knows where the dangers are. He knows what lies ahead. And he watches over his sheep. Psalm 100 says these words, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Pasture is what God provides for his people to feed off him. We are the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah 40 says these amazing words in verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who are with young. And what I'm getting at is that for a thousand years from Psalm 23 to the writing of the New Testament, God has portrayed himself as the shepherd of his people because it's a picture of intimacy, it's a picture of care, it's a picture of who he is and who we are in relation to him and of his character. And at the end of this long a pictorial scriptural revelation of, 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 of God being the shepherd, a Jesus comes and makes those incredible words in John 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The faithful providing shepherd of scripture, the one in Psalm 23, the one in Isaiah 40, and there are shepherd pictures in Jeremiah, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Micah, First Peter, Hebrews, all the Gospels, this picture of God as the shepherd. And the early church, it was one of the um, most adopted pictures of, of who God was. And in the catacombs in Rome, which is where uh, some of the Christian, first Christian burials were, where the murals were in, in the caves, there was this, these pictures of God being the shepherd, caring for his people. And it's, it's something of a picture that we in our Western culture have kind of lost sight of. But it's one that we well worth spending time and, and uh, reflecting and meditating on because it reveals who God is, reveals his character, reveals his heart, reveals his activity. Jesus says in John 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That is the distinction of the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know you. And you know me. Because that's the role of the shepherd, to know the sheep and make sure the sheep know who the shepherd is and how he acts and how he leads and how he guides and how he protects so they can feel secure. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In verse 15 he says, just as the father knows me and I know the father. 
So that's the intimacy of relationship that is involved in this picture of shepherd and sheep. It's a knowing. And then he goes on to repeat again, I laid down my life for the sheep. So maybe the first importance to know is the commitment of the shepherd. He's not a hired hand. He's not on a fixed hours contract. He's not on a zero hours contract. When he sees the wolves coming, he doesn't say, I'm not paid for this. He doesn't say that's above my pay grade. He is the shepherd. And because he is the shepherd by identity, that's who he is. It's not a kind of name he's adopted. It's, it's his character. It's his person. He's known as the shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Wolf or no wolf, I am the shepherd. These are my sheep. The wolf comes in the picture of John Tanner as the agent of death. His intention is to attack and scatter the flock. But Jesus, the shepherd, he's not about scaring off the wolf, letting him to threaten the, the flock later. He's about defeating and overcoming the wolf. And as a means of defeating the wolf, Jesus lets himself be killed. The shepherd killed for the sheep, laying down his life. Just want you to think of the picture that every death-inducing sin, every life-limiting guilt and shame, every force and of death and darkness in this picture comes in the shape of a ferocious wolf. And the shepherd stands in the way of the flock and lays down his life. He takes all those things, the sin, the shame, the guilt, the death, the darkness, onto himself and is killed by this agent of death, this wolf. But he is laying down his life. It's not a case of the wolf overcoming the shepherd and then destroying the sheep. It's the case of the sheep, shepherd laying down his life for the sheep that they may live. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And as this shepherd who lays down his life takes it back again, because he says, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it back. As he takes back his life as the good shepherd, the wolf is defeated. He has no claim any longer on the sheep. It's as though all of his teeth and claws were sunk into the shepherd. Everything he had. All his ammunition was sunk into the shepherd. Maybe he thought if he took the shepherd, he could get to the sheep. He threw at Jesus ridicule. He threw at him the power of the ages, the Roman government, the Jewish religious authorities, the charge of sin, human pain and suffering and the temptation to curse God and die. But Jesus overcame and as the shepherd, he rose again. The he goes on to say in John 10, he says, these sheep are in my hand. No one is going to take them out of my hand. I give them eternal life 
and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Just want you to hear the strength of the security of those statements of God, who is our shepherd, speaking to you, speaking to me. No one is going to snatch them out of my hand. Earlier on, he says these words, the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And it is a fact that the Middle Eastern shepherd, he, he controls and leads his sheep by his voice. And they recognize his voice. And, and it, it's a unique voice to them. It's hard to believe it, but as a little illustration, a, a, a book that I've been reading, uh, let me just read a short passage to you. It, it refers to a time, a lot, uh, quite a time ago when uh, in Palestine, where as a collective punishment, uh, all the sheep and, and cattle of a village were, were, were uh, sequestrated. It means they were taken by the government. All locked up together, the inhabitants were permitted to redeem their possessions at a fixed price. Among them was an orphaned shepherd boy who had six or eight sheep and goats, which was all he had in the world for life and work. Somehow he obtained the money for their redemption. He went to the big enclosure where the animals was, were penned and there were hundreds and hundreds of sheep and goats in this pen. And he spoke to the, uh, the sergeant in charge. The NCO told him he was welcome to take six or eight goats, sheep and goats, because he'd never find his own amongst them. He ridiculed the idea that he could possibly pick out his little flock from among the confiscated hundreds and hundreds of sheep. The little shepherd boy thought differently because he knew better. And giving his own call, for he had his shepherd's pipe with him, immediately his own sheep separated from the hundreds and hundreds of other sheep and goats and trotted out after him. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So he knows them, he calls them by name and thank you Joseph for just saying that. They know him and recognize his voice and it's the voice of the shepherd and, and other voices, the voice of strangers, I just particularly wanted to bring some thoughts together on. It's interesting to learn that if a new sheep joins um, a flock, it takes him time to acquire that recognition of the shepherd's voice. And for a while, he's completely disoriented and, 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 and almost lost and, and acts in a kind of almost insane way because he doesn't recognize the voice of the shepherd. But over time and acclimatization, he begins to hear and recognize that voice that he is indeed one of the shepherd's sheep. So new sheep need to be trained to hear the voice of the shepherd. 
we we welcome access access to all sorts of good things on the internet don't we it's like today we have access to knowledge that we never dreamt was possible in the past but boy do we need to know the shepherd's voice as to what to take on board in previous generations the voice of the local church you are part of would have been the principal teaching voice in your life you may from time to time have heard visiting preachers you may have gone on a visit or to somewhere else and heard somebody else speak but you would have heard from really week in and week out the voice as it were of, of of the local church the local shepherds and you would begin to recognize that voice and, and and hopefully hear the voice of god through them it's very positive that we have access to so many things on the internet and so many books but the challenge for us is to have the tools for discernment how do we recognize the shepherd's voice and it's not just what we hear we need to discern we need to discern our thoughts as well the psalmist says in psalm 19 verse 12 but who can discern their own errors forgive my hidden thoughts thoughts and it goes on in verse 14 to say may these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you so there has to be some gauge where we learn and discern the things that are pleasing to the lord so firstly i want to say we discern the voice of the lord primarily as to whether it has the hallmarks of god's character his character revealed in his purposes and indeed his love does it reveal the good shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep does it reveal his nail pierced hands does it reveal that god has come in the flesh and laid down his life that we might live john in his epistle 1 john 4 verse 2 put it like this he says this is how we can recognize the spirit of god every spirit that acknowledges that jesus christ has come in the flesh is from god but every spirit that does not acknowledge jesus does not acknowledge jesus is not from god what does that mean well it refers to the good shepherd has come and has laid down his life for the sheep god in jesus took on flesh and on by taking on flesh he took on the sin of humanity he took on my sin he took on my guilt my condemnation and he took it to the cross he was crucified for it and he died and he rose again in victory so every spirit that is from god testifies that jesus christ is lord it testifies that god has won an amazing victory through his laying down his life it testifies that we through faith and repentance are part of that victory and that we can have life it lifts us up it gives us hope it speaks to the character of god psalm 119 verse 68 says these words you are good the lord is good and does good what you do is good so listening discerning the shepherds of the voice he leads me beside still waters he makes me lie down in green pastures 
he guides me in the paths of right living for his name's sake. So I know the shepherd's voice because it has a purity, it has a love and it has goodness. It has a wisdom to it. James describes the wisdom in James 3 verse 17 as the wisdom that comes from heaven is firstly pure. It has no mixed motive. God did not send his son with any mixed motive. He sent his son because he loved the world. He loved you and he loved me. The wisdom from God is peaceful. It loves peace. It doesn't bring agitation. It doesn't bring uh, anxiety. It doesn't bring confusion. It brings peace. It's considerate. It's reasonable. It's submissive. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and it's sincere. I'm not saying the Lord doesn't reprove us and chastise us because God's discipline gives us value. If we weren't disciplined, we wouldn't be, have been welcomed. We wouldn't be part of the family of God. We wouldn't be being trained to be his sons and daughters. He receives us as his own. His love reproves us. Surely it does when we need to but that always ends in peace it ends in holiness it doesn't end in condemnation it ends in joy hebrews 12 10 says these words god disciplines us for our good in order that we may share his holiness no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful but later it produces a harvest of righteousness it, it produces right living in us and peace for those who've been trained by it. So the first test in listening to the voice of the shepherd is does it have the character of God? Does it reveal those nail pierced loving hands? Is it the voice of the shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep? Peter put it this way, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So we may die to sin and live for righteousness, right living. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you, like sheep, were going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Are you glad that your soul, you have a shepherd who oversees you? You've now returned to the shepherd and overseer. Of your soul that speaks to the heart of love that gives you value who god is gives you value more than anything else my second two i'm going to do quite quickly firstly we know the shepherd's voice because it reveals his character secondly does it bear witness his sheep follow him because they know his voice does this voice bear witness to scripture I'm always looking for this and waiting for it. Whatever I listen to, I'm always looking for scripture. God has committed himself to the scripture. Every scripture is God breathed, is profitable for teaching, for training in righteousness. Listen out for the scripture. Does it bear witness to our spirit? Do I recognize the voice of the one who called me to himself by his own love? 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says he saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. 
And this grace was given us in Jesus Christ before the beginning of time. There's a witness in my spirit that God loves me and has called me to himself. And thirdly, does it witness to those we trust that live around us? Every time we think we've heard from God, you can always test it with scripture, with our witness, and with the witness of those we trust. Is it clear? God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all the churches. If, it, if a sound isn't clear, it can't be followed. Whenever God speaks to our hearts, it has a clarity to it. And thirdly, does it have power? Does it equip you to live or does it strip you of authority? Because the voice of the Lord has power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It tells us in, in 2 Peter that, that um, through his divine power, God has given to us all that we need for life and godliness. And we need to put our trust in that. Sometimes, as I said to start with, we, we kind of focus on the darkness rather than turning on the light. The light is the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. It shines in our heart. Let that light shine as you meditate on who God is. Think about him. As we worship him, think about him. Let him be the focus. So when God speaks, it always builds us up. It always encourages us and gives us the power to do what the word says. His word always comes with power. So discerning the shepherd's voice in what we hear and our thoughts, does it have God's character? The good shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep. Does it have God's witness? Does it witness with scripture our spirit to those we trust? Does it have God's power? Does it enable you? So there's a verse that I just want to close with in, in the book of uh, Hebrews in chapter 13, which underlines this point that when God speaks, it comes with power. It says in verse 20 of uh, Hebrews 13, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep. What a lovely expression. He brought back from the dead the Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep. Equip you with everything for doing his will. And may he work in us that which is pleasing in him through Jesus Christ, to him with the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. So if we could return to the main screen, that would be great. Amen. Perhaps we could start recording.